Turning Point presents the Jeremiah Study Bible. Jumpstart your Bible study with more than 8,000 study notes from Dr. Jeremiah to help you discover what the Bible says, what it means, and what it means for you. Available in the New King James and New International versions in standard or large print, as well as the English Standard Version in standard print. For more details or to order your copy, go to davidjeremiah.ca slash jsb. The phrase, in God we trust, is seen on all United States currency. But no matter where you live, it should also be seen in your financial behavior. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah considers the pointlessness of pinning your hopes to material wealth when true riches come from trusting God. Here's David to introduce the conclusion of his message, Debt, the Fear of Financial Collapse. And thank you so much for joining us today. This is Turning Point. I'm David Jeremiah. We're talking about the subject of fear. And um, we're making available to all of our listeners for a gift of any size a book entitled Hope, Living Fearlessly in a Scary World. And this book uh, contains some of the information that we're sharing on the air and some other information that we don't have time to share. But it really is a book that will bring hope to your heart. We're living in a scary time, as all of us know. And I don't know that there's anything more necessary during these days than the messages of these radio broadcasts that you're listening to right now. How to deal with the fears that uh, reach their icy fingers out to try to strangle your hope. We're doing our best to share this information on the radio, and then we're making this resource available to you to shore up your fight against this dread enemy at this particular time. So here's what you do. Send a gift of any size to help us with the cost of airtime and production here on this radio program, and be as generous as you can, but do what you can. And then when you send a gift, ask for your book on hope. And it will be on its way to you really quickly. You'll have it soon. And maybe you'll replicate what a young lady told me the other day, that this book has really helped her through some difficult days. I hope that will be true for you as well. Well, today we're going to finish up what we talked about on Friday as we talk about debt and the fear of financial collapse. I don't know that I've ever told you exactly how I got into doing what I do, how I was called to preach. I was a senior in college. I had been a speech major and had done some homework in radio and television. Actually, I was a disc jockey. I actually worked in a little radio station in Springfield, Ohio. I had the 3 to 11 shift every afternoon. I put on all of the Christian music on this station. I did the news. I introduced the music. I was not very good at it, but I was learning on the air. And I believed that's what God wanted me to do, and that's where I was headed. And then one day, my father, who was the president of the college that I was going to, came to me and he said, David, we have a little church up in Columbus that needs a speaker for the weekend, and I've already assigned all the faculty members. There's nobody left to go. Would you go up there and speak for them? He said, just go up there and give your testimony. So I told Donna, and she said, hey, that sounds like a fun thing to do. So we drove up there on Sunday morning to the Fairfield Baptist Church in Thurston, Ohio, still there. And I 
gave my testimony. Took maybe 15 minutes or 20 minutes at the most. And then we were invited to go to lunch with one of the farm community families, and we went to their farm and had dinner. And to my shock, while we were eating dinner, they began to tell me how excited they were that I was going to be there to speak in the evening service. (laughs) Which my father had conveniently forgotten to tell me. And the problem was I had already delivered everything I knew. I didn't have anything else. I had no notes, no old sermons. So I remember going into the corner of that house in the afternoon and repackaging what I gave them in the morning and gave it back to them that night. (laughs) To my surprise, they said to me, would you come back next week? And so Don and I drove back next week. And the week after that, and the week after that, And all of a sudden, I realized God was doing something in my heart and that he was saying to me, Jeremiah, this is what I want you to do. I'm telling you all of this to tell you that one of the things I didn't know what to do with was that I had this love for radio. Believe it or not, I was one of those guys who built allied kits when I was growing up, built all these radio kits. I was into the whole thing about communication. And here God is saying, no, I want you to go and preach. And I realized that's what he wanted me to do. And without any conditions, I said, Lord, if this is what you want me to do, I will do it. I registered at Dallas Seminary to go and be a student there the next year after we graduated and got married. I thought that was it. But I just had this ache in my heart because I had loved this radio thing. But I delighted in the Lord, and he gave me the desires of my heart. What I do on the radio today believe it or not, is far different than I was going to use radio. And God made it way better and way bigger and more extensive than anything I could have ever dreamed up in my wildest moment. He took... He took... He took what he knew I was supposed to do and he brought that into my world. And when I delighted in him... He gave me the desires of my heart. And so today I live in both worlds. And it's all one world now. And I look back over my shoulder and recognize how terribly poor I would be today in my own spirit if I had delighted in my plan instead of in his. If I had said, no, Lord, I'm not going to be a pastor. I'm going into the radio world. But I delighted in him. I just thank God that he gave me the faith to do that. So I want to say this to you today. If you put your trust in the Lord and you give him first place and you say, Lord, whatever you want me to do, the probability is he's going to get you to do something that you already want to do. And he'll marry what you want to do with what he wants you to do. And you'll walk away thinking, how did that happen? God is at work. And so the Bible tells us that there are some things we can do during times that are uncertain. We can decide to trust in the Lord. We can do the things that honor the Lord. We can dwell on the faithfulness of the Lord. We can delight ourselves in the Lord. And then it says, dedicate your life to the Lord. It says here in verse 5, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. That means you come to the place where you say, Lord, here is my life. I have no idea what's ahead. I don't know what you have in store for me, where this is all going, but I'm dedicating this to you. I'm signing the paper at the bottom of the page, and you just fill in whatever you want. And that's who I am. That's where I'm going. My life is yours, Lord God. We're in this together. I dedicate my life to you.
We used to talk a lot more about that in our churches than we do. We used to actually have people come forward who wanted to dedicate their life to the Lord. When we find our delight in the Lord, then we discover that because we know who He is, we can trust Him with everything there is about us. We can cast our burdens upon Him. We can give Him our life without fearing what might happen. You know, most of us know the story of not ever giving the Lord control of your life because He'll make you a missionary in Africa. Remember that? Most people have had that fear in the back of their mind. Well, let me just tell you this. He's done that to some people, but you know what? He did it because down in their heart, that's something they always wanted to do anyway. And He gave them the desire to go. Well, if you put your trust in the Lord, that doesn't mean you're going to sail through life without any challenges. It does mean if you commit your way to Him, He will be in every detail of your life. God is not only the question, God is also the answer. And so, if you want to go through life and think you're not going to have any losses, you're going to be disappointed. But if you dedicate your life to the Lord, when the losses come, He'll be there for you and He'll help you Make sense out of it as much as possible as you can in this life today. Here's a story to illustrate what I mean. If you know anything at all about missions, you know that one of the great missionaries, in fact, he's considered to be the father of modern missions, is a man by the name of William Carey. William Carey, at one time in his life, had established a large print shop in India where he had worked for years, translating the Bible into the many Indian languages. On March 11th in 1812, Carey had to travel to another town and his associate, William Ward, was working late when suddenly he smelled smoke. He leaped up to discover black clouds belching from the printing room. He screamed for help and they tried to do everything they could to save the establishment, but it was to no avail. Everything in that print shop was destroyed that night. Now watch this. On the next day, missionary Joshua Marshman entered a Calcutta classroom where William Carey was teaching, and he placed a gentle hand on his friend's shoulder and said, I can think of no easy way to break this news. The print shop burned to the ground last night. Gone was Carey's massive translation work of nearly 20 years. A dictionary, two grammar books, and whole versions of the Bible. Gone were sets of type for 14 Eastern languages, 1,200 reams of paper, 55,000 printed pages, and 30 pages of his Bengal dictionary. Gone was his complete library, the work of his whole life gone in a moment. In that moment, he understood the word loss. And he said, the loss is heavy, but as traveling a road the second time is usually done with greater ease and certainty than the first time, I will trust the work will lose nothing of its real value. We are not discouraged. Indeed, the work has already begun again in every language. We are cast down, but we're not in despair. And William Carey had dedicated his life to God, including all of the imponderables that he had experienced. He knew that God was in this. He didn't know how or why, but he trusted God somehow to bring blessing even out of the ashes of his dreams. As Carey moved forward, so did God. News of the fire caused all of England to start talking about William Carey. He became a household word. 
and money began to pour in to the Cary Foundation. Volunteers enlisted to help. The print shop was rebuilt in a matter of just a few months, and it was built bigger. And by 1832, just one year later, complete Bibles were being printed. New Testaments, or separate books of Scripture, had issued from the press in that newly created print shop in 44 different languages and dialects. It was the beauty that came out of the fire. Because Carey had dedicated his life to God, he understood what it meant to cast all of his burdens on the Lord and let God take it. As we look back over our lives, sometimes we have to admit that the things we thought were negative were just ways that God was getting ready to do something really positive. And we see him at work. So we decide to trust in the Lord We do things that honor the Lord. We dwell on the faithfulness of the Lord. We're not even out of the third verse yet. We delight ourselves in the Lord, verse 4. We dedicate our life to the Lord, verse 5. And here's one I love. Download your worry to the Lord. Just do it. Download it. Verse 7. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. The Bible says... Don't get yourself caught up in worrying about what's going on with other people. I mentioned earlier that one of the things we do sometimes as Christians is we kind of look around and say, Lord God, I'm serving you. I'm honoring you with my life. I'm doing everything I know to do to be an obedient Christian. Why am I having a hard time and all these people that don't even know how to say your name without cursing, they seem to be doing well. And the Bible says, fret not. Fret not. The word fret's a very interesting word. It has two different meanings. One meaning is to gnaw at, like a rat gnawing at a rope or something. And the other meaning is to have an explosive burst of flame. And that's what worry is like. It's like something gnawing at you on the inside. It's like something burning on the inside. And so the Lord Jesus says, when you look out at how life seems to be laying out in front of you, don't fret. Kill the rat, put out the fire, and get on with your life. (laughs) Amen? Because if you worry about it, it's not going to change one thing. Not going to change one thing. Except you. It's going to ruin you. You know, we don't know how this is all going to happen. We just know that we serve a God who is just and righteous. In fact, even here in this psalm, I noticed as I was going back over it, that in this psalm, we are told that God has a plan and that his plan involves getting things back where they should be. Over and over again, there are phrases in the psalm that say things like, they will soon be cut down like grass, speaking of the wicked. They will be no more. They will perish. They will be cut off. How many of you know God settles his counts, but he doesn't settle them when you want them to be settled? They will be settled ultimately one day. Nobody gets a free pass. Here's a creative exercise I'd like to suggest to you. This was done by pastor and author Leonard Griffith. Here's what he did. He transplanted Rip Van Winkle, the beloved Washington Irving character, from America to 1930s Germany. Listen carefully to this story. You remember the story 
Rip falls asleep for 20 years, and then he walks through town to find that everything has changed and no one remembers him. That's the old story. Well, in Griffith's version, Van Winkle is horrified as he watches Hitler rise to power and begin conquering Europe. So he retreats into the Alps to get away from the terrifying events, and he falls asleep. And when he wakes up, the 1950s are underway, and the world is vastly different. The Nazis are gone. No more swastikas, no more eager Hitler youth, no more world domination arrogance. The masterminds of the Third Reich are all dead or imprisoned or being hunted down. Rip Van Winkle then understood the words of the psalmist, I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a native green tree, yet he passed away, and behold, he was no more. That's the way it happens, isn't it? It may look like they're succeeding, but just hang on. God does not measure time the way we do, and ultimately, that which doesn't seem resolvable gets resolved by Almighty God. There were many in the 1930s who wondered why God allowed the Nazis to prosper. He didn't. He dealt with them by his own timetable, and he dealt with them thoroughly. Here's the last one of the seven, and we're finished. Let me give them to you again. Decide to trust in the Lord. Do the things that honor the Lord. Dwell on the faithfulness of the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. Dedicate your life to the Lord. Download your worry to the Lord. And finally, discipline yourself to wait on the Lord. And I wish that weren't in the Bible. I don't like waiting. I'm built more for speed than for comfort, and waiting is not my favorite thing. Wait on the Lord. What does that mean? It means God is at work, but he works on his timetable and feels no obligation to coincide his timetable with yours or mine. We may say, God, would you please resolve this? And he says, yes. Would you please resolve this now? And he says, wait. And we don't like to wait. In the waiting, we learn. In the waiting, we grow. Waiting is what happens between the promise and the fulfillment. Waiting builds our faith. Waiting reminds us that God does not live on our schedule. We live on his. And if we will learn to wait, we will see God do some great things. One of the joys of being a bit older is to look back over your shoulder and see how God resolved things that I wondered how they would ever get resolved. God was at work the entire time. I just didn't see it. And I was left to wait. Almost 200 years ago, our nation went through another economic upheaval. The financial panic of 1837, chronicled in the history books in detail. Anna and Susan Warner and their father, Henry Warner, at that time in their lives, lived in a mansion filled with art treasures, high-class furnishings, and an army of servants. They were at the top of the world of wealth. And then came the recession. The market crashed, took Henry Warner's investments down with it. The family lost it all and were deeply in debt. They moved to a decrepit old house up the river from New York City, Henry's financial collapse devastated him emotionally. He never did really recover from it. 
The daughters, accustomed to expensive parties in the social world, now realized they had to pitch in and find something to do just to see if they could keep the family together and not have them go down through debt. They didn't have a lot of talents, but one thing they knew how to do was to write. This story from history is quite encouraging. They wrote some things and tried to find a publisher, and eventually Putnam accepted Susan Warner's novel, The Wide, Wide World, and success began to happen. Those two sisters ended up writing more than 100 books, all built on the foundation of the gospel. And one of the books, called Say and Seal, contained a little poem that Anna had woven into the story, and that little poem begins with the words, Jesus loves me, this I know. Songwriter William Bradbury added music, and now Jesus loves me is loved throughout the whole world. Untold millions of children first meet God through that simple little song. I didn't know this, but back in 1943, when John F. Kennedy's PT-109 was sunk in the Solomon Islands, local islanders and American Marines sang Jesus Loves Me as they rescued the survivors. You probably sang it when you were a child growing up. Jesus loves me. This I know. If you had been a part of the Warner family when all that tragedy happened, you would have wondered what in the world could come out of this of any value whatsoever. You might have known even then that God had something special, but you didn't know what it was. Out of the wreckage of that family at that moment of time came a little song that has been used by God to bless the world, and hundreds of thousands of children have come to know Jesus Christ because they discovered that Jesus loved them. The devil sometimes likes to fool us into thinking that the defeats that we are experiencing now are because of us or because God has forgotten us, but they are not. They're the devil's work. We don't have to acquiesce to his agenda. We have one that God has given us. Waiting is not always a bad thing. Sometimes in the waiting, we learn to build our trust in God. So if you are facing uncertainty or if you know people that are, I commend to you the 37th Psalm, and you don't have to go past the 7th verse if you don't want to, because in this Psalm are these crisp instructions. I've underlined all of the instructions in my Bible. The Word of God tells us to trust in the Lord, to do good, to feed on His faithfulness, to delight in the Lord, to commit our way to the Lord, to wait on the Lord. And when we do that, we discover the Lord's in charge and we can trust him and we will be strong in the midst of it all and that's a resource you only have if you know god through jesus christ amen amen well i hope you're not in the midst of economic um, distress but if you are if you're going through some of the things many people are experiencing because of the compound effect of covid 19 Just remember, God knows who you are. He knows where you are. He knows what you need, and he's there for you. Hey, have you ever heard anybody talk about triggers, things that trigger hope, things that trigger fear, things that trigger anxiety? And sometimes you can use this word in a different way, like if you need to put gasoline in your car, drape the newspaper over the steering wheel so when you get back, you remember, oh, that shouldn't be, oh, yeah, I got to get some gas. So it's a trigger. (laughs) 
Well, we've created, um, I like to call this a little trigger, and we like to make it available to you. It's a, it's kind of like a, a bookmark that's a little bit larger than some bookmarks. And on the front of the bookmark, it says, move from fear to fear not. And then on the back, it says, fear not, and Isaiah 41.10 is reproduced on the card. I love these cards because you place them in different places, sometimes in a book, maybe on a shelf, maybe under the glass on your desk, uh, in your car. And it's just a reminder to you that God is there. It's a reminder to you that he has promised uh, to keep you from the clutches of fear if you put your trust in him. We'd love to give you this bookmark. It's beautifully designed, and it's yours absolutely free. Just ask for it when you call or write. Just say, please send me the Fear Not bookmark, and it'll be on its way. There's no obligation for this. We just want to send it to you to encourage you. Say, we are um, so excited about what's going on on daytime television Um, and maybe you are one of those who have never seen us. Let me just suggest something to you. Tomorrow at 6.30, wherever you live, except in the middle of the country where the time is a little different, wherever you live at 6.30, you can go to the History Channel and watch Turning Point Daily Television. I hope you will do that. Let us know if you do it. We'll see you tomorrow. Today's message originated from Shadow Mountain Community Church and senior pastor, Dr. David Jeremiah. We'd love to know how Turning Point is touching your life. So please write us at Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, Delta B.C., V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's encouraging new book, Hope living fearlessly in a scary world. Stop letting fear hold you back. The book is yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your favorite smart devices or search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries for instant access to our programs and resources. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, What Are You Afraid Of? Here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Take the young ones in your life on an unforgettable journey that will get them excited about the Word of God with Airship Genesis Legendary Bible Adventures from Turning Point. Tune in to our monthly audio adventures and join the Genesis Exploration Squad as they travel back in time to experience the stories of the Bible firsthand and discover life-changing lessons. Also available is the Airship Genesis Kids Study Bible, packed with the biblical content specifically written for kids from trusted Bible teacher Dr. David Jeremiah. You can also download our Airship Genesis mobile game on your favorite smart device and play as your favorite characters in this puzzle adventure game as the squad experiences the life of Jesus firsthand. Just go to your app store and type the keywords Airship Genesis. For more details or to order a copy of the Airship Genesis Kids Study Bible, visit our website at airshipgenesis.com Bible. That's airshipgenesis.com Bible. 20th century novelist Gene Fowler commented on his own vocation this way. He said, writing is easy. All you do is stare at a blank sheet of paper until drops of blood form on your forehead. Well, I guess I've never had that happen, but I do know that writing is hard work. Many people wonder how the Bible was written, how 
40 different authors over 1,500 years could write a consistent story. Well, the truth is, they had help. One of the authors, the Apostle Peter, says the Holy Spirit empowered the writers of Scripture, so they accomplished God's purposes to tell His story. Well, this is David Jeremiah, encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's book on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today. Today.